Hello, Internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Capricorn Podcast, where your geek slash nerd discussion podcast will normally take one topic from TV, movie, video game, book, whatever you feel talking about that day, and we better around until we get bored. I am, as always, your host, Patrick, with me as my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. I am the Dungeon Master. And uh, today, we're talking about the new news out of uh, Wizards of the Coast, um, affecting the... Uh, you know, game that we spend not a inconsiderable amount of our lives on. Right. Um, and that is uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Wizards, uh, they, did the, they did the Wizards Presents 2022, well, like a couple weeks ago? It was like, uh, it was last week. Yeah. Uh, just, um, but we were already hyped on doing uh, Dragon Ball Super, so yeah. we did that instead at the time. And some things have changed, and... Some for the better, some for the worse, depending on your mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna go through the through the announcement. Um, like, uh, see, first uh, big thing that they that that I have uh, you know up on here they announced was the announcement of Dragonlance. Uh, one before you do anything, uh, we just want to put out fucking called it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Jared I, called it more. I did call it a little bit. Yeah, um, most of the, a lot of these announcements are actually things that I called. So I was extremely hyped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this fall, uh, they announced uh, two products. Uh, one is an adventure module, Dragonlance uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. And the board, board, the board game, uh, Dragonlance Warriors of Kryn. Um, both set in Kryn during the War of the Lance. Yes. Um... And they're also, uh, and then the board game is about an invasion of Kryn by dragons led by Tiamat. Yeah. So um, uh, Pat was down here, kind of doing some research. Uh, I'm I'm pretty well versed on all of this stuff at this point, um, but uh, so I don't know if, uh, if 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 it was on the article that Pat read. But one of the things they talked about was that they're interchangeable. <laughs> they're not interchangeable. Well, um, not, not your show, but, but, they, but they do have features that will reflect each other. Yes, um, they, they have a symbiosis, which, like, so the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons adventure board game is still ongoing. the uh, The Ghost of Salt Marsh came out like literally a month ago. Despite the fact that, that book came out like a couple of years ago now, it was like it was like one of the it was like what the second adventure module that came out for fifth edition. What? Like the Ghost of Salt Marsh? No, no, no. Ghost of Salt Marsh came out. Um, Cause that was a, that was that was after Fandelver, wasn't it? Ghost of Salt Marsh came out um, like in 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah. It came out more more recently than you, th- than you thought, but it still came out a couple of years ago. Um, but they just put out a uh, adventure board game for it, which is actually more about Jared. 2020 was like 30 years ago. Oh, <laughs> um, that's that's my ghostly will. Um, but. Uh, which is more of an expansion for the other board game stuff, but even then, like if you played like the adventure, uh, the adventure board game for uh, Tomb Annihilation, and, and that's really just kind of that put put into a simplified board game version of itself. Like it doesn't really offer you an extended experience beyond what you would have had if you had just um, ran those modules. We 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 ran through Tomb Annihilation and we ran through the entirety of uh, the board game. Board board. game, yeah. Um, and they, I will say they did influence one another when we were doing them. Um, for instance, we had to pick, uh, 
uh, Kawasha and, uh, and Kukulue, um as our guides uh, in the actual module um, after playing them in the board game for so long. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, these two things actually care, care some type of symbiosis so that like... like Apparently you'll actually be able to play your characters that you rolled up for the module in... And like the climactic battles of the model, you'll be able to play them in the board game. Yeah, so um, so that's cool. Uh, I've got it pre-ordered. Uh, we'll see how it comes. It's uh, yeah, December. Yeah, it's uh, December second, I believe, is when they come out. Yeah, um, uh, December sixth. Okay, December sixth. Yeah, uh, so that's that's looking pretty exciting. Um, I, I'm I'm down for for releases like that because they've actually been doing. Um, a release tie-in for almost all of the modules, but like they're all very different board games. Like uh, I never even tried some of the ones, like the uh, Attack of the Giants that came out with like Storm King's Thunder and stuff like that. Cause some of them just seem so weird and disconnected. And, um, and like as much as I love Dungeons and Dragons, and I do love it a lot, and I buy a lot of unnecessary Dungeons and Dragons shit. Uh, one day for the website, we'll probably take a. Uh, when I get it really cleaned up and nice looking down here, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll put some pictures up so you guys can see just how much D and D shit is like completely surrounding us. But I'm not gonna buy a board game that's mid, um, just because you can run around as frost giants in it. I have a whole slew of frost giant minis, yeah, uh, just on the table. Now, 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 from playing through, you know, an adventure module, and we get to like a huge mass battle and. We can play that out as a board game. I would actually be interested in, in that, at least trying it. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the deluxe edition for Shadow of the Dragon Queen is, is coming with the uh, adventure module, the board game, and a, and a DM screen. Because if there's one thing that uh, Dungeon Masters and 5th edition need is another goddamn DM screen. Uh, once again, uh, I'll show off my entire stack of... Because I have most of the ones for uh, for every hardcover. Yeah. Um, they also uh, also announced uh, that Shadow of the Dragon Queen is going to be a physical and digital bundle. Like they really, since uh, Hasbro bought D and D Beyond, like before you had to do digital and physical releases, uh, physical purchase purchases separately. Um, but Shadow of the Dragon Queen, apparently, if you buy the physical, they'll give you a code where you can actually get the digital. Uh, Access to the digital version. Yeah, uh, all all of that sounds excellent to me. Um, in fact, uh, uh, as a one D and D celebration, currently right now, like I think everything is like fifteen percent off on D and D Beyond. Yeah. So. Um, let's say they they also announced their twenty twenty three release schedule. Um, apparently, their winter release is. Going to be another anthology collection called uh, Keys from the Golden Vault. Actually, um, I actually think that uh, by winter 2023, it actually means like January, February. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, because um, the way that they put the schedule up, like they put them in the order of release. Yeah, and so it'll it'll go from like uh, winter to spring to fall and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. When you read it like that, it definitely means like, you. You would think like Christmas time. Oh no! Technically, well, I, I, it means, I, I like, say I say winter twenty twenty three, like you know January February when yeah. it's going to be cold in the beginning of the year. Um, after that is going to be a uh, Giants uh, supplement called uh, Big B Presents Glory of the Giants. Um, so we're getting another uh, one from another like f- finger quotes famous uh, 
Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be great Hawkian character. It's going to be the Giants equivalent to Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. Yes, uh, if you've been uh, looking at the UA for a while now, um, these uh, they've been playtesting the Giant stuff for probably over a year. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm curious uh, now. When I had made my prediction about how feats were going to become a uh, a part of background building. Uh, as, as part of the announcement, which we'll get to that when we get to it, it was because of those UAs that I thought that, that was going to become a thing, uh, because so many of the new like giant backgrounds uh, had feats, uh, had your background features having feats in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so because they've been playtesting that there, so that's what was leading me to it. Uh, some the summer of 2023, we're getting a. It's called the Book of Many Things, which is going to be a collection of like you know creatures and locations and stuff related to the deck of many things which is a inf- famous or infamous D&D artifact it's been around forever yeah um th- this this kind of seems like next year's yeah. Tasha's Cauldron Xanathar's Guide kind of thing that's what it feels like uh also in the summer of 2023 they they haven't announced the title yet but they are going to be expanding the uh fa- the sell- the setting of Fandelver uh Lost Minds of Fandelver is you know, a kind of the the it's in the starter box is a uh, adventure module slash setting to start a D and D group in. Uh, uh, I'm actually uh, Monica's actually running it through us for our Thursday game right now. Uh, she's actually run through it. We've actually been through it a couple of times. Like uh, for a lot of people, they consider it one of the five E's best modules. Yeah, uh, like they just kind of hit the ground running with it. Um, and it is a very, very strong uh, starter module. Um, but uh, uh, it was very funny because we just started this game uh, where Monica's running it for a group, for like a big group for the first time. Uh, a couple of us have like had starts and stops on going through this before. Um, but like as soon as she starts running it again, they decide to announce that they're doing a Fandelver campaign. So it's like we were immediately like, all right, Monica, that one's yours. You're running that. Yep, one's going to lead into the other. Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and then the fall of 2023, um, once again, they haven't announced a, t- a specific title for it, but that's where they're going to bring in their uh, Planescape uh, setting content. Which, uh, you know, once again, they want, does anyone want to answer that fucking phone? Because I called it. Yeah. Uh, they uh, announced that it's gonna, also going to receive a three book bundle the same way that Spelljammer did so setting guide best Jerry and a, and a hardcover uh, adventure um, people have been expecting Planescape from like a recent unearthed arcana where they introduced the glitchlings who are related to the modrons yeah who, you know, who are all Planescape related um, oh plus like uh, um, Morden Kanan's multiverse versus a madness uh, he uh uh, the, some of the monsters mention uh, Sigil in their description. Yeah. Stuff like that. And, like, I, I didn't know Planescape was, the setting was this old, but I do remember, like, Planescape Torment. Like, that was, uh, that was, like, second edition r- rules. Yeah. Uh, for the, uh, for Planescape, the actually, actually, Planescape actually had a big effect in fourth edition. Um, like, uh, like, they had a big push early in fourth edition. It backed down pretty quickly, but like very, very early fourth edition, um, like the Lady of Pain was kind of like prominent. Yeah. Um, and 
last but not least, uh, like almost ever since last year, there have been rumblings about a possible new edition or at least like a overhaul of rules. Some people have called it like 5.5. Yeah. Um, uh, just an update of the rule set, you know, coming. Um, and it is apparently supposed to be scheduled for like 2024. Yeah, that that is that will be the 10 year anniversary of uh, fifth edition. Yeah, which you know, hey, it's that's that's a hell of a run for an, for for a rule set of D and D. It would be the longest uh, singular rule set for D and D. Yeah. Um, so they've already started playtesting some of the rules. Um, I've read through some of them. I've more heard other people talk about it, but I know, uh, Jared, you've, you said you have read, read through it. Uh, multiple times, yep. Uh, so I'll, I'll go over some of it. So right now the, the working title for this project is just called uh, 1D&D. Um, they're trying to work away from the idea of Dungeons & Dragons as an addition. They're just trying to be like, okay, Dungeons & Dragons is Dungeons & Dragons. Like, yes, they're on the fifth edition of, like, of where it came from, but they're trying to move away from that branding one uh, D is not going to be what the brand is technically called, um, but it's just kind of like what they're running with right now. Uh, it does encom- uh, encompass a few things. Uh, for instance, I don't know, Pat, you saw that like because they have uh, so much digital backing now, um, they're going to be doing uh, essentially their own Roll Twenty slash yeah, Spire I, type of. I know that there there are they are going to expand their digital tools. That yeah, um, where it's that they're using like they're actually like you know using the Unreal Engine to build it. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, from what from what I read, uh, I don't know if you, if you've seen it. It looks pretty good. Um, like now, I'm curious on because I love you wizards, but you're fucking capitalist as hell. Uh, are we going to be able to uh, create characters? Or are you going to use like dumps from your store and like it's like a, a subscription service and we can just have access to it for a subscription? Yeah. Or do we have to actually buy every digital mini? For yeah, what we need. Jared, I want you to look behind me at your gallery of minis. Mm-hmm. Get ready to buy them all again. As digital minis, yeah. That's what I'm. I, that's what concerns me. Um, uh, like, uh, when you do custom, like, uh, essentially, like, Hero Forge-style minis, mm-hmm. uh, like, what's the customization like for player characters? Do we, like, because if, if there is a customization for player characters, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, they're all, they'll all be NFTs. <laughs> Oh, don't hurt me like that. Um, that, that now, the city they announced things like uh, some of the big battles going forward, like in their books and stuff like that. Like, they'll definitely make those inside the engine. Like, make play sets for them. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, they're actually doing that uh, in real life. Um, I know that the Light of Xeraxis, the, uh, the adventure for Spelljammer, uh, the final battle, they're actually making a play set for it, uh, for like a physical mini set uh, that comes out, I think, at the end of this year. Uh, but that was like WizKids stuff. That wasn't really part of this announcement. It's just me also looking at WizKids things. Like I, I discovered that there as well. Right. Um, but yeah, so they got that going on. Uh, uh, Pat didn't mention it, but they uh, but Dungeons Dragons is finally coming to Japan. Uh, and Pat, I don't think you got to see the Japanese trailer, um, which is a crime in and of itself. I almost think we should pause this just so you can see it. It is the perfect, perfect, perfect level of cheese. All right, folks, we're going to pause here. <laughs> Apparently, I need to watch a yes. fucking Japanese D&D trailer. Hold yes. on. And we're back. 
Bring uh, your dungeon to dragons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm fine with it. No, I love yeah, it. I, 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 I love I, it to I, death. I, I got, I got, I got nothing bad to say about that trailer. <laughs> oh, it's it's the perfect level of corny. Um, <laughs> like the beautiful countryside they're playing. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was basically just, yo. Know, Three people got fucking isekai into a D&D world. <laughs> and one guy brought the isekai back with him. Yes. Oh. Um, they, they, were, they were off in the same fucking rock quarry where all the Power Rangers battles happened. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, that that was one of the other big announcements that like because last time last time they did an announcement it was like uh, Germany, Italy, and uh, a couple other places like France uh, were getting D and D versions. Oh, now yeah, Japan, the, the, the Axis powers. Yeah, <laughs> now uh, France, one of the Axis powers. <laughs> well, no, they got J- Japan, Italy, Germany. Um, well, they've, now they, now they, they have Japan. They they've completed the Axis Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Now they have Japan, and so, um, uh, but yeah. So, but the big, but the big announcement was uh, how this is all going to affect D and D as a whole going forward. Well, um, they in twenty twenty four they will release a new player's guide, a new um, DM's guide, and a new monster manual. Um, but they're not going to be called that almost certainly, which means that I'm still right, and that they'll probably call it some type of crazy other thing. Because I don't think you could just call them the player's guy and all that when they're when the other ones already exist. It's going to be confusing if you're trying to say this is all one edition. Yes, um, these are supposed to be just expanded rules that are more current, keeping with um, where D and D is at now. Like like for one, uh, the 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 ranger which got changed in on another kind of they'll they'll probably just make that the ranger going forward, or a new version of it entirely. Yeah. Um, but they're play te- but the playtest is, is starting now, so they they have over a year to playtest it. Damn near two, probably. Yeah. Uh, depending on when in twenty twenty four comes out. Um, so with that, we got the character building stuff, and um, if you've heard people talk about, it, there's some things that are that are liked, some things that are disliked. Uh, we'll we'll kind of go through some of the big uh, big notes of it real quick, because uh, I don't know how much Pat knows, and uh, I'd like to get Pat's take on some of these. Um, for one, the uh, only thing you should assume is that I am literate. Okay. Um, so in fifth edition, the way that the, like terminology matters because terminology is how you do, you do your ruling stuff like that. Um, it doesn't matter how lenient or, you know, there, there's rules as written, rules as intended, all of that nonsense. Um, but, uh, but you know, they, they still help make the foundations of the game itself. So it can be a game. Yeah. Um, Right now, um, all of your D20 checks uh, are considered different things. You have saving throws, ability checks, and attacks. Okay. Whether they're weapon attacks or spell attacks, but that's how they break down. Are skill rolls not included in those anymore? Ability checks are skill rolls. Okay. Uh, But technically, like... um, Because you... you, uh, Ability checks are anything that you add your proficiency modifier to. Um... Um, but like technically an initiative is an ability role. That's why uh, Bard for Jack of all trades gets to add uh, half of their level to their initiative. Okay. Um, but that's, that's the, th- where the three break down. 
Well, uh, the current rule set for one D and D has simplified that even further. Now they are all consider now they all exist under the umbrella of ability checks. Okay. So um, it does away with uh, with the specificity of that. So anything I add my stat to is an ability check. Oh it, it, no! Everything is a is a oh, sorry a, a d twenty check. It's a d twenty check. Okay. If I said ability check, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say d twenty check. Yeah, they are all. If you're rolling d twenty for it, it's probably a d twenty check. Um, which means uh, that they are all subject to um, uh, natural ones and natural twenties. Now, in fifth edition, a natural one did not mean failure, um, as uh, as rules are written. It, it, the only time it failure was on attacks. Yeah. Uh, a skill check. Well, also on saving throws. Nope. A natural one was not an automatic failure on a saving throw. Oh, okay. Uh, you're just so unlikely to make it. It might as well. Yeah, be. very very few DCs are going to be that low. Yes, but it was not an automatic failure. Um, now it is. Now uh, you do have a baseline where anything you have to roll a d20 on, a natural one is an automatic failure, and oh, a natural no. twenty is an automatic success. Which immediately had people being like, "All right, thanks to one D and D, you have a five percent chance to jump the Grand Canyon at level one." Yeah, uh, because rules as written for and once again, these are playtest rules. They are meant to be whittled away. Yeah, they're meant to be stress tested. And yeah, um, but yes, uh, as far as is considered a natural twenty. Now it does say that natural twenties can't do things that are um, impossible for re- like. Anything that you can, uh, nat- there are automatic successes on anything that the only prohibitor are penalties uh, or modifiers, like pluses and minus. Anything that would be a mod- like a modified thing, something like can I attack? Can I hit Patrick with an arrow from behind a wall? Like when Pat is completely behind full cover, even a natural twenty can't do that, um, because the wall giving him total cover. Means that um, my well, range well, attack could never hit him. Yeah, that, well, the wall would mean that you don't even get to make the attack roll. Yes. Um, so if I if I claimed it did and then tried to roll a uh, twenty and got got a nat twenty on it, it still wouldn't matter because the modifier isn't what's uh, isn't what's making it prohibitive. It's the fact that you shouldn't be able. Like, it's the fact that it can't be done in, in yeah, general. Yeah, but as as though you're gonna put a lot more onus on the GM to say, no, you can't make a roll on that. Yes. Because the moment you allow him to make a roll, he can argue that by you allowing him to make the roll, that made the nat, that means that a nat 20 is possible to succeed. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter. So it, it eliminates things where like a DM could, if a, if a DM didn't want a player to do something and he was just like, you know what, I'm going to set the DC extremely fucking high. And if you make it, you make it like, but really they were trying to just kind of like negate it out. Well, uh, it, now it's more on the DM to just say no. <laughs> yeah. Now, now your DM just has to kind of tell you no, um, which can be a lot more unpleasant. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are going to get real butthurt about that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, like technically it's a na- it, uh, the way it is written is it is an automatic success on any type of check that the only prohibitive thing was modifiers. But for something like Jumping the Grand Canyon, well, the only thing prohibitive there... Um, I guess technically it wouldn't be modifiers because if you talk, think like uh, movement speed and your ability to jump, yeah. Uh, because uh, people that say, say like that forget that in um, in fifth edition your, your jumping jump distance is fixed. Yeah, it's fixed. Uh, you you actually don't roll athletics yeah. uh, or acrobatics to increase your jumping speed ability. So um, 
But still, there's still lots of things that are plainly impossible. Yeah. Um, that now have a, a success rate. Um, but uh, it was more the it's more the crit failure thing and with skills that I'm not that much of a fan of. Um, because at a certain point, your training and ability should make nat ones just not matter. Yeah, uh, a level like, twenty character with a uh, with a plus twenty with a plus uh, nineteen, like ro- like a rogue with a n- plus nineteen to their uh, stealth, uh, shouldn't have to worry about uh, well, just a nat one. Make it re- you know reflective of the real world. A world class surgeon does not have a five percent chance of replacing my heart with a baked potato by accident. <laughs> um, I mean, if it happened on South Park, it could happen to any one of us at any time. I mean, the sad thing is uh, how closely South Park plots have co- become to be reflected in the real world. Um, so y- you have an uncomfortable amount of ground to stand on with that assertion. Um, so, but that's one of the big rulings. Um, uh, this whole thing was most, uh, more, more than any individual rulings like that. It was mostly about character creation, which we'll go over really quickly. Uh, basically, um, uh, once again, everything is still, uh, still determined by race. Uh, A lot of people would prefer the term species or something else, considering that like none of these, none of the the things in D and D are, are racially technically similar at all. Yeah. Like. They are different species yeah, entirely. Bla- black people don't have a different stat line than white people in D&D. Yeah. Um, uh, they did introduce a new race, uh, to use what the, is the current t- uh, terminology. The Ardlings. Yeah, the Ardlings. Who are another form of higher celestial uh, outsider-touched species. Yes, they are They are ASMR, but they didn't seem to want to go ASMR for uh, for a starter race. For well, but, they, but ASMR is still around. Yes, but they didn't want the base book to have ASMR in it for some reason. Yeah, which is odd. Uh, Maybe it's because Mordenkainen just got ASMR. Possibly. Um, and they didn't want to do it with them again. But basically they're furries. Uh, they're, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're BoJack Horseman people. They're closer to BoJack Horseman people. Um, I would say that they're, like, if Inosuke from Demon Slayer's head was actually the boar, that's kind of what they are. It is. Yeah. No, it no, is no, not. It is not the head boar. Is the, if you ask him, he'll say his head is the boar. Okay, yes, he probably would. Uh, but no, Bo- Bojack Horseman people are—that's pretty close because they—they actually do have like yeah, their bodies they're... covered in fur and stuff like that, um, with the head of an animal. Um, and uh, and they do get to pick from like three different aspects, like uh, based you know, off ba- of like of what they're descended by. Yes. Um, now. One thing I will say, going into the character creation stuff for 1D&D, they introduced something that I actually really liked in older editions, which were um, racial slash bloodline powers. Um, because, hey, if, if, if you want to move away from like, like the bio-essentialism stuff and say that, like, hey, the reason that people can do the things they do is not because, you know, um, they were bred for it, um, or anything like that, and you want to move into like because they're literal, actual magical th- things, all created by different gods. Magical powers is the way to do that. And now a lot of the races all have like a first level magical ability, a third level, and a fifth level. So Drow actually have their spells back again. Neat. Yes, uh, Drow actually they get can, their. They get levitate, drop, glow of the darkness, and cast fairy fire. Uh, they don't have levitate. Uh, levitate was actually a uh, drow noble um, noble ability. Yeah. 
Um, which I believe there's a feat for it that allows Strahd to do that. Okay. Um, but yes, but they do get their other magical uh, spells back. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, like, sure, you gotta be level five to, to master them all, but th- we've already been kind of dealing with that a little bit with certain things that, like, uh, like ASMR and Tafelings, who have had things that don't unlock until, like, third or fifth level uh, for them, like their wings and stuff like that. Right. Um, so we've already been kind of dipping our toe into it a little bit. Now, I don't want to go full-blown something like Pathfinder, where it's like uh, your levels also indicate feats and your ability score, and blah, blah, blah. and that's a side thing from everything else. I- I've always liked how 5th Edition just kind of made it a class thing instead to kind of like simplify it and all of that. Um, but just your your basic race giving you these types of things. Um, hell, I'm all down for it. Like, even from the beginning, um, uh, Dragonborn got stronger. Uh, for their acid breath and stuff like that, like so, like we've always we've always had this in the back of the heads that your race could kind of like power up a little bit as you got uh, more powerful. Cool right. with that. Um, but yeah, so we got the Ardlings because they replaced. We've gotten rid of all half races. Yeah, essentially now you if you're you can still be you can still say you're a half elf, but you just you pick either human or elf to get your bonuses from. Yes. Um, instead of just doing like a, a mishmash like they were before. Um, and instead of half orcs, we now have orcs. Um, which orcs are still getting the brunt of the like, uh, well, that's bioessentialism because their stuff is still like adrenaline rush and uh, uh, their orc tenacity and uh, what's the other one? The, um, the one that incre- increases their, their size category for carrying stuff. Um, oh, powerful build? Powerful build. They have powerful build. And uh, which I'm like, yeah, they were still created by a warrior god to go out there and whoop ass on also, battlefield. Also, they're still big green people. But but see that that's the thing is like a lot of people who who really get into the, like the the why that's problematic stuff is like okay, but you're also you're a different species. <laughs> like you know, I, created I, by I'm grooms. So, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, an elephant is always going to be bigger than me. Yeah. Like I don't care if that elephant went to, went to college and you know, you know, and you know, did all this weird studying. He's still going to be bigger. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them have stayed have stayed in like uh, like dwarfs. Dwarfs still have stone cutting. Uh, as no, a that is thing. not a, that is a that is a misleading statement to say, sir. They, I'm looking at it, it says stone cutting. But did you read what it does? Uh, yeah, they gain tremor sense out to sixty feet. That is not what Stone Cutting did before. It was worthless for all fifth edition. Yeah, now it's baller. <laughs> and now it's baller out of control. Um, so long of classes actually got rebalanced. Uh, halflings got weaker. Um, halflings can no longer um, uh, use a person who is of medium size to hide in uh, to break line of sight for contact for their hide checks. Um, Good. Tell those furry-footed fucks. <laughs> uh, as someone who has played halflings uh, and played halfling rogues, um, that would make you dev. If you knew how to, to manipulate the system right, it would make you devastating in combat. Yeah. Because you're already getting. Because basically, you could just be standing side by side um, with a medium-sized creature next to you. Use your hide check uh, to uh, claim. Yeah, yeah. To vanish. So you're still getting your sneak attack, and you're also rolling uh, with advantage on all of them. Um, and with rogues only getting one attack anyway, that's just all that mattered. Um, uh, so you're getting up in the, the melee, getting the good shit going. Yeah, uh, it was replaced with uh, nimbleness, which allows you to move through the square of any creature uh, larger than you. Before is like you can only 
move through allied squares, but now you can yeah. Now you can run in between the giant's legs. Yeah, uh, or the human's legs. Yeah. But which once again, like um it, it's still we, it's it is weaker than it was before. There's still just you can't still stop good. in in that square, yeah. Yeah, there's they're still good. Um Gnome's got a pretty uh pretty cool boost. Um uh I like their little like uh the way they they designed uh so that uh they can like their tinker toys actually matter. And uh, essentially, well, you, they, they you, function. You, they function as I press a digitation. Well, you choose whether you want to be a, you know, woods gnome or a uh, tinkerer gnome. Um, the yeah. woods gnome is the one. You, the one gets like illusions, and then the rock gnome they get like mending and press digitation to make little clockwork doodads. Yes, but the, whereas the clockwork doodads didn't really do anything before, they were just like a neat thing that. For your character flavor-wise, now they they do like one aspect of like what a press digitation can do. So you're essentially making fire hydrants and lighters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which is just kind of neat. Um, I, I like that because um, you still have like a flavor thing for your character, but now it actually has like an actual effect it can do. Um, uh, uh, Tafelings uh, uh, have more magic, but it's broken up, and they're not. They're also I will say considerably weaker because they don't have hellish rebuke at first level. Well, um, um, yeah, the the infernal tafelings they they get hellish rebuke at third. Yes. Um, which is, but they start with uh, resistance to fire and the fire bolt cantrip. So yeah, you do have something. Yeah. No, no. Here's the thing: some of these things where I'm saying they got weaker, I'm not saying it is a bad thing. I'm saying that some of these need to be balanced. I think one of the, one of the reasons, other than the fact that like. A lot of people see themselves as tafelings because they're like the the hard rockin' metally slash also sad uh, like kind of like whatever you want to be like put your extreme emotional distress your, onto your sixteen year old emo edge lord face yeah um, you could put them on a tafelings um, and that's what people did um, so many like sharp tooth like shark tooth you know black eyeliner tafelings exist out there. I'm not judging you for making them. We've all, I am. We all do it. Uh, but let's not. I don't judge you harshly. I'll judge you fairly because some, some of us have never moved on from that stage. But like, but that's what they are. Um, and with how strong of a starter race they were, like I didn't blame you. Like starting off like being able to just blast somebody for uh, a D10 uh, for two D10. That's yeah. what. Uh, well, in this one you now you can just start out blasting somebody with the, with a D10 as a cantrip. Yeah. Regardless of your class. Yes, but I will say... Essentially, I start with a gun. <laughs> yes, but, like, Hellish Rebuke uh, being an attack that they get, like, as a reaction to hit back with. Yeah. Like, that's... That that made, like... I mean, like, if you got hit, you're uh, if they didn't take you down, you're probably killing the person that hit you. Yeah, it was also, like, super powerful early game. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, like I actually think they're much better balanced now. Once again, I'm also just a huge fan of the one three five um, magic set for a lot of races. Uh, humans just got better. Uh, they finally made uh, uh, variant human the human and made variant human better. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's the other thing I didn't talk about. Inspiration. That's another thing that got a big, uh, big overhaul. Uh, humans now gain inspiration from a long rest. Um, all natural 20s, beyond being automatic successes, also grant inspiration now. Damn. Yes. Um, uh, inspiration will only last you for 24 hours. When you take a long rest, it is gone. 
Um, unless you're a human, in which you just get it back. Get it back. Um, and uh, if you gain inspiration and you already have it, you can just give it to somebody else. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, now, that said, they actually weakened long rests. Oh, now, how does it work now? Uh, it works the way the way that you think it does before, but... Also, are we done with the starting races? Is that all of them? I, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, okay. just as, as things hit me, but... Uh, as far as like what I thought we needed to talk about for starting races, that's like the Ardlings and the three the the, the new magic way they work. It's kind uh, of the most important thing, um, uh, without having to like just bog down and the like. And then the this gets the this. Right. I don't think we need all that. Um, just just hitting the high notes here. Uh, but uh, what was I just saying about inspiration? Uh, human. Oh, they alter the way long rest works. Yeah, long rest. So, um, uh, before they, now they haven't gone into what happens for short rest yet. So I'm still a little bit curious about that. But on long rests, you don't gain back all of your hit die. You only gain back half of them rounding up. Okay. So that means if you're if you're going through a long series of tunnels, a long series of dungeons and stuff like that, and you're having to rest multiple times, and you're having to short rest through the dungeon multiple times. You're still going to be like worked over. It will still be a threat so, and so so exhausting you, for you. So if you short rested at, to the point where you're out of hit die, then you stop taking a long rest. You only get half of your hit die back. Yes. Okay. And then if you continue on, like you're that's, that's you, still the only option. Do you still get like your class abilities back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all that still works. Yeah, yeah. It's just that they did do that, which I did. I do think kind of adds a little bit more. Because um, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, like. Uh, uh, the more and more I play, the more and more I'm starting to think about like the real, the gritty realism is not the worst idea in the world. Uh, where I was like a couple of years ago when I thought that like a short rest should be eight hours of sleep and a long rest should be a week. Um, uh, don't look at me like that. It's in the it's in the DMG. Uh, but uh, but I, I still have thought that was, that was a little too extreme. Um, and so the, like the the idea of like okay like the, the them not resting you as as much. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of digging. Okay. Just just on a personal, uh, Jared. So, um, now character creations. Uh, one of the, the big things for fifth edition in character creation is backgrounds. Um, like for one, now your your stat bonuses are going to be tied to your background. Yes. Um, they don't come from your race. They don't come from your class. They come purely, or they're not. I don't think anything's going to come from the class. We don't have classes yet, so we can't say that for certain that they don't give you another plus one or some shit there. Yeah. Um, like, we don't know that, like, for whatever the uh, savings throw bonuses are, you don't get a bonus to those for, for those classes. Like, that could always pop up and be another thing to try to balance for. But right now, it is a plus two in one stat, plus one in another, or plus three in three stats. Yeah. And then and then it gets you a uh, your stat. Uh, like two more skill proficiencies, uh, tool proficiencies, your uh, and, a bonus language, uh, a bonus and a, and uh, a feat, a first level feat, and fifty gold. So, now the reason that we say it like that is, is there will be sample, um, uh, sample backgrounds in the book, kind of like there are now, but now they're, they're more like the official backgrounds. From go, going forward, they will just be examples that you can use. Uh, you don't have to go by them, and you're actually able to modify them in any way that you please. Um, if you don't like how it works for you, it doesn't have to work like that for you. 
you do what makes you comfortable. But hey, if you're just trying to like rush through a character creation, teach somebody to do the game, you, you have examples to look at. Say, hey, just fill this out. Boom, bam. We're done with your character creation. We can get into playing and, and you can learn the game proper. So, um, now. Like one of the things that they, that they removed, and, and I, I like this, even though it, it, it seems weird to like that they took something away. Uh, before, each of the backgrounds had like a specific background-related ability. Yes, yeah, so your background features. Yeah. Um, and if you are trying to customize them, I like that they took that out so that you can you can more make it work for you. So I actually have something I'm going to say about that uh, here in a minute. So, but yeah. So when it comes to character creation, you, um, uh, when you when you choose your background, you can call it whatever you really want to. Um, hell, you could just call it my childhood, and then put your stats wherever you want, and then uh, and do whatever skills you needed and what have you. And no one ha- no one can question it. It's like, oh well, th- this is how I was raised. Yep, my new background is f you. I ain't writing shit. <laughs> yeah. It can be that now. Um, but, so if, if you're paying attention, you heard first level feats. That is a thing that you get. You get first level feats. What are first level feats? First level feats are feats you, you, can, you can take at first level as part of your background. Uh, if you're a human, you can, uh, once again, you get another feat. So you'll actually start off with two feats. Yes. Um, but now everybody can choose a feat for first level. Um, now, what I was going to say was is I actually hope that the only ones that are called, that, that the only feats that are differentiated are first-level feats. I actually don't want there to be uh, feat prerequisites like there used to be, like there, like there was in Pathfinder and 3.5. I don't want, like, you can't take weapon specialization until your 8th eight, level, and then you can take an 8th-level feat or a 4th-level feat or what have you, especially because depending on how you build your classes... And also, depending on if they still keep it this way, um, you could be like six level as uh, going two 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 to a class. If you're like, hey, I made a second level paladin, second level, uh, or hell, I, I made a third level fighter, third level rogue, third level uh, wizard, because uh, I wanted to combine them into certain things, and nothing was making exactly what I wanted. You're a ninth level character that's never gotten an ability score increase or a feat at that point, um, because all those things you get, you gain at fourth level. In life, it's pain, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, and so the idea that like oh because you didn't stick to one class you don't get the thing without having to do what Pathfinder in three point five did, which was like at fourth level you always get those things. I like them being uh, tied to the classes. I can understand if they don't. Like, I wouldn't be the most mad about it, but I I would feel like it's a regression back to an old thing that we didn't need it to be regressed to. Um, but that's just me personally. I actually wished, uh, and will submit when um, uh, as a suggestion, uh, when they open up for feedback, I actually think first-level features should be called background features. Because if they're part of your background and you can only take them and you, you take them at first level, why not just call them your background features, even if they are what was feats before? Because mm-hmm. then even then, if you look through them, none of them still, uh, almost very 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 few of them still work as they did in the um, in fifth edition. 
Yeah. Like, alert is not alert anymore. Yeah, alert is different. Tavern Brawl is different. I think tough is the same. Like uh, the Tough, like, skill expert. Like There's, yeah. a, there's a couple that are the same. Uh, if you look at it, that's not even, like, the whole list that you get from the player's guide. Like, observant and stuff like that's all gone. Um, uh, like, keen, keen insight. Like, all, a lot of that stuff's all, all, all missing now. Um, but, uh, uh, Lucky got hugely downgraded. Yeah, I was going to mention Lucky. Got, Lucky is worded very differently. Well, the way Lucky was worded before, uh, your best, your best way to fight, uh, if you really need something to hit, close your eyes and swing. Uh, because, uh, Lucky would let you allow, uh, would allow you to roll a Lucky Die re-roll, or Lucky Die roll, not even re-roll, um, where you would then... Roll another d20, and uh, then you got to choose which die it was. So if you close your eyes to swing, you impose disadvantage on yourself, and then if you rolled like a nat 20 in there, you go, great, uh, I'm going to use a lucky point to roll another die. I choose that nat 20 that I rolled, and that's my new die roll. Neat. That is a that is an absolute way you can fucking play uh, uh, lucky in 5th edition currently. And now it is... You can give yourself advantage on an attack, and you can impose disadvantage on an attack, um, and you get lucky points equal to your proficiency bonus. So you actually get more lucky points by the end. Um, all of that's neat, um, but I would rather have my three lucky points and be able to play a little bit more uh, uh, strangely. <laughs> uh, take, take wild swings. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so like I said, uh, because these are, these feats are all mostly fundamentally different from how they were before, uh, the idea of call, of calling them your background feature, um, I think is a little bit more fitting for them, personally. I got you. Yeah. Like I I would I I need to I need to like you know mess with the rules a little bit more before I can actually say anything definitive. Yeah, but um, um like hu- humans like uh. Humans still gaining like a feat at first level, like, like you could still call that their first level feat. But the one that you take for your background, I don't know why. I think it's just called the background, uh, your background feature. And I will say this: um, I will miss some of the background features. Too many of them were essentially you find the like people like you and you go rest in in like people town. Yeah. Too many of them were that. Like that because I was like I, I think part of part of it for that reason. They never really got used. Um, yeah, um, I use I use mine when they're applicable. Uh, I'm playing a celebrity scion in the Thursday game, and so I name drop constantly because the celebrity scion says like uh, uh, you can basically use your uh, your celebrity parentage um, and the the adventures you grew up with uh, to like get yourself free room and board and and free food and drinks at places. Because everybody wants to like, everybody wants to you know keep Paris Hilton happy essentially. Uh, even though technically she does her own things nowadays, I don't know what the equivalent of a nowadays version of that person is. is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too out of touch. Kylie Jenner, I don't know. Kylie Jenner's like a billionaire. Fuck that. Never mind. I was like, <laughs> watching this tap dance is hilarious. Well, it's like like I literally was like okay, well she well because she was and then she started her own business like Paris Hilton. Yeah. And she became, like, one of the world's youngest billionaires. So like, that's what I was like, oh, wait, I guess that doesn't work anymore either. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, like, I use my background feature all the time in that game. Um, but 
people that have things like acolyte, where it's like, well, if you know some monks, you can you can you can you can, can, sleep, s- at you can sleep in a church for free, or folk hero, you can go sleep with some common folks for free. Yeah, th- those those provided are you don't engage in any weird activities, or if you're or if in other words, do plot. <laughs> yeah, um, but like things like inheritor. Um, uh, noble, where you would have retainers. Yeah, like a lot of them had really cool stuff in it. It's just they they got lazy with a lot of them. Um, like basically anything that was just sheltering was just kind of like, eh, who cares? You're never gonna use that thing. Um, I would actually be okay if some of those came back as feats. Um, like the for, like the leadership feat back in the day. Yeah, that gave gave you a, a, a cohort. Yeah, like if. Uh, or things like inheritor, like some of the things that were, that were background features. Now, if they became these f- quote unquote first level feats, I would be happy to see them return. Um, uh, like I said, like now, now, like my my character, if I was to make her, you know, in two years, like I'd have to use the legacy rules because I would definitely want my celebrity scion thing. Like I made her from the ground up to be the uh, daughter of Elminster, uh, going around like just trying to live high off of his name. <laughs> All right. Um, see, so that there was like you know some differences in how conditions work, and yeah, was, was, yeah, and uh, you know new uh, new new spells like uh, primal spells. That's right now. Uh, so uh, all spell all there are only three spell lists now. Yeah, arcane, divine, and primal. Yep. Uh, so primal's the stuff that like rangers and druids use. Yep. Uh, so you don't have to worry about who has who draws from what spell list. That means uh, your wizard can, in fact, now cast Vicious Mockery. Yep. Um, but if you look at that list, uh, Eldritch Blast is not on there. I think that some of these specialized cantrips and specialized spells yeah, will, be unique to the warlock. are going to become unique to the classes that they can cast them. Like Honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if like Vicious Mockery wasn't on that list and it was just a thing that bards got. Yeah. Um, and it became a bardic ability. Um, but I guess it wasn't special enough that they thought that was that should be the case. Um, I Man, I definitely agree with that for Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast with, for Warlocks just became such an auto-include, especially considering they gained a bunch of class abilities that modified that one spell. Yeah. Um, no, no, like, uh, I, like I said, uh, until we get the class op- the, the actual new class options, we'll, we won't be 100% certain, but that's my bet right now. Uh, my bet is they're not they're not going to take Eldritch Blast away from Warlocks, um, considering it's it's such a de- class defining ability. It would be very strange. Now I will go ahead and put out and predict uh, some predictions. Uh, I think sorcerers and warlocks are going to get huge buffs. Yeah, possibly. Um, only other, only other thing I'd say for like you know warlock, they where they might not give them Eldritch Blast. Uh, now that they're if because if they're making everything able to draw everything arcane able to draw from the arcane spell list, mm-hmm. um, they do get access to you know other you know d10 uh, cantrips that will scale with you. True. Like they they would act, they would have access to like firebolt and chill touch and poison spray. True, but Eldritch Blast also had the things that like enhanced Eldritch Blast specifically. Yeah, but they also might they might just say here's. A class ability that you can use to modify a cantrip. Yeah. Like you, may, you add you add your 
cost your not cost your charisma bonus to the damage of a cantrip. Well, the other thing was Eldritch Blast was force damage. Yeah, and very few things resist force damage. Yes. Which that might be a that might be a game balancing thing for all I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think wizards and sorcerers are going to get uh, and finally become as strong as clerics. Yeah. Because clerics have the same spell growth that um, wizards and sorcerers do, but they get base abilities just for being a cleric that have nothing to do with the class. Well, wizards and sorcerers get nothing for just being wizards and sorcerers. Everything they get purely comes from... The spell list. Uh, well, no, I was going to say just the spell list. It comes from whatever, like... And the school they pick. The school slash bloodline. Uh, so with the exception that sorcerers do get their metamagic no matter what. Yeah. But that's it. Like, uh... Wizards and sorcerers get nothing else besides those things. Whereas clerics get the same levels of spells with the same spell growth with their class abilities, which do increase, like, you know, uh, and whatever their domain abilities are. Um, meaning of, like, the three, of the, just those three spellcasters, actually really of all the spellcasting classes, um, the one that gets that has the most versatility and the most power behind it is um, a cleric. Uh, also, uh, inflict wounds is the most powerful first level spell, uh, damage wise. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing. Yeah. Argument. Uh, uh, technically, like uh, you, you could argue that um, uh, uh, guiding bolt uh, is nearly as strong, but uh, I can't. Uh, but a first level spell doing three d ten damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Even then, Guided Bolt, that's an, still another divine spell. Yeah. Um, and that's like uh, 4d6. So, like, like clerics come out the gate strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other uh, bit, uh, bit of contentious topics. They've um, We mentioned uh, the stuff about uh, d20 checks. They also changed uh, the, some of the rules on critical. Criticals, yep. Yeah. Critical rolls. Um, weapons and unarmed strikes are the only things that can crit. Weapons and unarmed strikes made by PCs are the only things that can crit now. DMs cannot crit at all. Yep. And no, and, and spells can't. Spell crit. Ca- spellcasters can't do it at all. Um, you know, and I'm wondering if the, does that also count for natural attacks? Like, can druids not crit in wild shape? That would be, that, that's something. That's a question for the Unar- test. It is unarmed attacks. Uh, I will say that um, only be like if you have to go off of like what the glossary means between like like uh, the two editions and they, things that aren't defined. You have to go off the old definition. Yeah. I will tell you off the old definition. Um, unarmed attacks are not considered um, natural natural, weapons. Stri- natural weapons. Yeah. Or natural that. weapons are not considered unarmed strikes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that that that'll probably come up in the playtest, and they'll have some clarification when those actual rules come out. Um, but yeah, as as of right now, druid druids and if you if you're a druid, you change to a bear. You cannot crit as a bear. Yep. Um, but uh, also uh, crits only uh, increase uh, wep- uh, weapon damage. They don't. Yep. You can't crit your smites or your or sneak attacks anymore. Yeah. Um, this is heavily disliked. I haven't seen a single person come out in favor of this. I'm okay with it. Pat is the first person to be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, provided that the uh, that the uh, monster HPs are are a little bit are a little bit altered, like if they're not as high, 
then I don't have a problem with it because both sides are losing something. Like players, you're not able, you're not going to be doing as much damage, um, but also monsters can't crit you anymore. So you don't, you don't, you don't have to worry about you know the dragon bite, claw, claw, wing, wing, tail, uh, and the GM gets five gets five rolls to Ginzu your party. So, um, to that point, then I will say, um, Morden Kanan's um, Monsters of the Multiverse. Uh, was written with one D and D balancing in mind, and you did not. And there was not a significant drop in average monster HP throughout it. It was actually specifically considered to be the first book as part of the initiative. Okay. Uh, so that is the first time, like, and it was a monster rebalancing book, and we didn't see that as part of it. So that is just something to note uh, on that on that side that they still have just as much uh, meat on them. Now that can be changed once yeah, again. But like, when, uh, also, like, and it may, and part of it could just be like you know, once again, like, you can you can't put you know anecdotal play experience. I've never really noticed a lot of trouble with getting a monster down. Yeah. Um, like, and if I'm if I'm praying if if I'm contingent on crits to drop a monster, I've probably done something very wrong in the strategy phase. <laughs> It's, it's only a 5% chance, guys. You know, 10% if you chose Champion Fighter. In which case, you're also that guy. Um, but yeah, like, you know, some, yeah, some people are going to be upset about it. We gotta, we, you we also have, don't play a lot of spellcasters. Yeah, but even even as a spellcaster, I don't, I'm not banking on crits. Well, it's it's not a banking thing. It's a um, it's a it makes you feel special kind of thing. Well, crits always make you feel special, but also if I'm playing a spellcaster, I get to fucking cast magic. <laughs> it's like you, you that's that's you you feel special every turn. Um, like uh, I get to cast stand back and watch the barbarian get chewed on. It's, uh, it's the best spell in the game. <laughs> Uh, like anecdotally, um, I know that I got, I ran some D and D for some people who didn't who were very very inexperienced with it, and a guy nat twentyed a uh, a um, a saving throw, mm-hmm. and uh, like this was obviously not using like one D and D rules, so I didn't grant him inspiration or anything for it, and he was like I nat twentyed that roll, and I was like yeah you sure did so you succeeded, and he's like but that was a nat twenty like I got a nat twenty on it and I'm like. Yeah, you succeeded. And he's like, well, like something really cool should happen for that. And I'm like, you didn't get hurt by the thing. <laughs> no, I mean, it, that's, that that doesn't even change now. That 20 is still it's a success. It's an automatic success. But it's still a success. Well, now, now you get a little, the little like button, a uh, little cherry on top with. Uh, yeah, you get inspiration. With inspiration. Um, I mean, tell you, there was nothing in the rules saying you couldn't give him inspiration for that one. Uh, yeah, there was. Rule of cool. He didn't make it. Alright, that's, that's, that's just, that's just <laughs> you being a bastard. <laughs> Which is your purview as a GM. Um, but I'm just saying, like, there are definitely a lot of players that have the mindset of, like, hey, if I roll on that 20, I want, I want my, my, me a special little nummy nummy to go along with it. And critical hits are, like, the nummiest of nummy nummies. It's just more math. 
Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I'm in, in, and it, maybe I'm just getting old and curmudgeonly. Uh, you know, 20 years into the hobby. Uh, you know, I, I am anything to make a, anything to make a turn go by quicker. And if, it, if it's restricting the number of math rocks you get to roll, then fine. Oh, you never want to restrict their math rocks. They get angry when you take away their math rocks. I'm not, I'm not saying they can't own as many as they want to. I have quite the horde myself. But, you know, you consider you're, you're already getting somebody that's, because we play with you, you play with a lot of new people week to week. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that's another person that's going to be rolling, doing math for a normal roll, and also that math again for because now they've got they're doubling the amount of dice they're rolling on it. This is restricting that. Now they're just adding one more die. Does it kind of suck for rogues? No, because if you're still sneak attacking, that's most of your damage anyway. Yeah. It definitely sucks for assassins. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, we still haven't gotten the class rules yet, so That's true. some of those sub some of these subclasses might change. I'm only speaking the way they're running the way they are now. Yeah. Like this is this whole this whole not edition which really just feels like, you know, I guess I guess I can't say it feels like a full on sixth edition, but it it definitely feels different from fifth. Yeah. Um, and not not once again not entirely in a bad way. Like I can I, I, I see why people don't like the crit thing. It's not something I feel like marching in the street on. Um, the backgrounds I, I I like the change in those. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm actually a hundred percent down for it. Um, because uh, you still get your equipment from your class whenever you choose your class, and so getting fifty gold piece to kind of like give you the like the knickknacks that you yeah, purchased. Yeah, um, That's actually pretty nice. Um, oh, uh, another thing that w- w- I'll bring up as well: uh, uh, proficient uh, tool proficiencies. Those come. From, these seemingly come from backgrounds. Yes, but uh, they work entirely different now. Uh, for one, basically anything that is a tool. Uh, they all cost the exact same. Um, that way, they wouldn't be like less or more cost prohibitive to like take a tool over another. Okay. Uh, I think they're all fifteen gold now, uh, at least for the playtest. Um, so like instruments are fifteen gold as well. Like an herbalism kit would be fifteen gold. Okay. Um, and also, uh, you basically get to double up on your proficiency uh, with uh, whatever you're proficient with. So let's say like you want to make a proficiency check. With your drum. Alright, well, like, you go to your performance, and then you basically double up your proficiency bonus. Um, because, technically, if you're if you're rolling a performance check, you can roll a performance to just, just sing or dance or something like that. If you're supposed to be a trained bard who's supposed to be, like, the best lute, uh, flautist in the world or whatever, mm-hmm. or the best lutist, it's like, okay, it didn't, it didn't help you at all to be using the instrument you're supposedly so well trained with, you know. Now you can actually like add your uh, your your bonus as well. So if you're making a dexterity check to like sleight of hand pick a lock, you can now like double it up with uh, the thieves tools, the thing that you're actually proficient with. Okay. Uh, one other one other thing for the you mentioned the uh, gold piece you get as equipment. Yeah. Uh, you 
there there is a list of act of equipment that counts as tools for that class. Yeah. Um, that is is in the list after each uh, background. Like if you're playing like a uh, artisan, you know, the one it lists like the equipment tool tools that you might buy it might be an abacus or a merchant scale or uh, traveler's clothes. All those count as like equipment that you could buy. Yeah. Once again, you don't have to use those at all, though. Yeah, I'm just it, it, it's here as suggestions, uh, you know, for for if you want to do it. I have seen some pretty terrible takes on these like suggested backgrounds. I saw a dude lose his fucking mind over. Uh, I think I think it's artisan on there. Uh, isn't the, the language it gives you gnome? Yep. Uh, some dude was losing his mind. Like, why are gnomes artisans? Why is it just because you're an artisan you got to know uh, gnomish? Huh? Like I thought I thought we were trying to move away from stereotype. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" Like gnomes are tinkerers. Well, right? also it's, it's it. Well, artisan is you know it's just saying that gnome gnomish is the language from which many artisan terms of art are derived. That's, yeah, that's that's me reading the, on the, thing, the term. Yeah, yeah I, I that's why I was like, this is a non-issue that you're. Yeah, I mean. Like even in the previous edition, most of the alphabets were derived from you know dwarvish. Dwarvish and elvish. Yeah. So it's not inconceivable that a scholar might know dwarvish or elvish. Um, yeah, usually like I, most characters I know that are Dracon- uh, that are that are scholarly always know draconic because it's the language of dragons, which is one of the first languages in the world. Yeah. Um, don't know why he's getting butt hurt. It's also. You can change it. Yeah. A lot of people, for some reason, take the idea that like um, that if you don't like something, but the edition had, but the the book had clearly pointed you in direction. Uh, but if but you don't liking it, is... I mean, you can throw out literally all of these backgrounds. All background is this: ability scores, pick two and one, one or the other. Skill proficiencies, pick two. Tool proficiencies, pick one. Uh, language, pick one. Feet, pick one. Yeah. Like, like I said, it could just be fuck you. Like, like this, um, I'm you, the best. You can take out about five pages of this on Arcana and just say that for background. Yeah. They don't have to even give you these suggestions. You know, take 50 gold, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, but people were, but, so, but, like I said, like, the guy was basically saying, like, well, because they offer this as suggestions, that implants into your mind the idea to, like, already, like, have you thinking of a race or something like that as one way or the other? It's just like, dude, I'm calm down. I've I've been a consumer of this shit for uh, most of my life. Um, they they can very easily manipulate me if they choose to. If I can see through it to an additional option, then most people probably can. <laughs> like if they if they if they wanted to fool me, they wouldn't have to work this hard. But anyway, I think that's about about coverage. We didn't really talk about any of the magic stuff because I don't care much about it. I will say that uh, they did like show off some of the uh, stuff for the um, Lord of the Rings magic set, Mm -hmm. which uh, I was like, hey, that's neat. Because I actually do have the the D&D magic sets Um, uh, as much as I could get anyway. uh, But I will say they were like, and look, look at our like uh, twenty-four card Battle of Pelennor Field set, 
where you can collect these cards that just have art of the Battle of, of Pelennor Field on it. And I'm like, that's a beautiful picture. I would buy that as a print before I would ever fucking try to collect all of the cards that constitute that picture. Yeah. To try to, like, display them. What is the purpose? People that play Magic, can you explain all of that shit to me? Like, it happened in the D&D set, too, where they would have cards that are just, like, little art cards. Who are they for, guys? Why? The collectors of the card game. But that... But you, they don't do, serve purposes. They're, they're just art cards. I don't know. Why? Like, wait, wait. Do, like, no, they have, actually have, like, card effects? No. Oh, the card is just the artwork. Card is just artwork. Oh, I don't know. The D&D set was, like, uh, every, like, uh, booster pack you would open would have, like, one card that was just art. And that's neat to, like, a degree, but it also feels like a waste of my goddamn time and money because, like, I play D&D. I've seen D&D art. If you wanted to show me D&D art, I'm cool. If you want me to buy D&D art, I have several D&D art books. I don't need them as individual magic cards uh, for really cool artwork that I would much be happier if you were, like, the the uh, Magic the Gathering's Guide to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, here's all of the artwork in a book. I'd buy that book, guys. But... Um, if I wanted to show off some of that art that I only have now as cards, if I have to fucking pull out a card binder, so it'd be like, oh, hey, here's this really cool, like, card that shows off Menzo Baranzon, like, I would be perfectly happy if Patrick punched me in the face before he ever got to see that card. Well, for that, all, that could be useful at the table. Say you, you're, you're going through the Underdark and you come across the... City of Menzo Bronzon, you may want to like pass it around so everyone can see what the city looks like. If I'm playing online, or if I'm doing, if I, there's there's just so many other ways where it's like I would already have access to that art without having the cards. Yeah, I'm, I'm more meant for like playing like at, at the table, like physically. Yeah, and online, yeah, I can look up pictures of Menzo Bronzon on Google and probably just pick the first non-pornographic image and put post that up. You can find non-pornographic images. I thought uh, if uh, if a driver's not shooting a web into somebody, is it really a picture of Menzo Baranzon? I've been on the internet for a long time. Some would say too long. <laughs> I know the secret ways, the non-porn ways. <laughs> they were difficult to find. <laughs> they cost. They are dearly. not. <laughs> they are not mapped. <laughs> Oh, okay. We're getting loopy now. Um, but yeah, th- that was our that was our look through of uh, the new D and D rules that we're gonna have to learn to love in the next uh, two to three years. Because uh, hey, um, as as somebody who avidly played through D and D next and uh, multiple times submitted uh, playtesting like stuff uh, for D and D encounters and had my uh, my players run through it and and submitted feedback. Like we're we still have a long way to go, a lot of feedback to go yeah. through. Uh, all of the things, Do it, guys. all of the things that we that we listed are very much subject to change. Yeah, um, like it is it is entirely possible that all of the shit we just we just mentioned will look very differently in with through in the next round of playtesting. Yeah, um, uh, if you never if you never played it, like the original uh, draft or fifth edition uh, druid. Allowed you to like uh, for an hour a day, you could shapeshift as much as you wanted. 
Um, so you would essentially be having like druids having the Merlin Mad Madam Mim battle um, of just constantly like shifting out their forms. Every day I get one hour of power. Yeah, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a character like running, like trying to run away from a big bad, and he would be like, I turn into a dove and I fly down the hallway. And I was like, okay, well, the hallway takes an abrupt turn. He was like, well, I turn into a snake and I coil my body off and launch off the other direction. Like, that kind of shit. And that, that shit was delightful. Um, uh, at one point, like, he was in a room trapped full of, like, uh, where they set off a trap and poisonous gas was coming out. And he turned to the party and was like, does anybody have a bucket on them? They're like, yeah. He goes, does anybody have a water skin? And they're like, yeah. Uh, he was like, uh, all right, well, you pour the water into a bucket. And they go, okay, cool. And as soon as they did, he was like, all right, I turned into a fish. Your problem now, guys. <laughs> what kicked over the damn bucket. <laughs> <laughs> they were too impressed. They were, they, were, they, were too, they were too like, well, fuck us then. Yep. <laughs> so you know what? The bag is going to find me peeing in a bucket with a fish in it. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, that was like how druids were like back then. Trust me. Things... Uh, uh, barbarians don't even talk about like how their rage functioned. Where like barbarians like could only basically like rage for they could only continue their rage on hits. Like if they hit something, if they hit something or something hit them. Now uh, they if they changed it to where it could be uh, as long as you made the attack, but then it was you had to hit, uh, which is a much more stressful situation. And so uh, anytime something was was like like out of their range. Uh, my playtesters would just be like, all right, I hit myself in the face. Yep. So I keep my rage going. Because otherwise you drop out of rage, you get fatigued. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a lot of this likes to change. And uh, that's the one that one of the best things that we can say about Watsy is they are de- they definitely listen to feedback. Uh, see... But yeah, that, like I said, that that was our that was our reactions to the uh, to much of the playtest rules, um, and the announcements from Wizards twenty Wizards presents twenty twenty two that concerned us at slash we gave a damn about. Yeah, uh, Pat didn't even bring up the fucking forty k cards at all. No, no, that's that's not what the topic is about. <laughs> also, it was a non announcement. It was literally just like, oh, and for everyone at home. We know that you love your Warhammer 40,000. We're going to have Warhammer 40,000 cards. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, it was like, we, we, you know, we know. Everybody, you told that years ago. Goodbye. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Watsy teaming up with GW. That's, that's, that's the devil shaping hands with Cthulhu. <laughs> um, but this is Cav Recorder Podcast. Uh, you probably found us on SoundCloud or Facebook or facebook uh or 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 uh apple podcast or google google podcast or on our website uh the cabin corner podcast dot wordpress.com um type us in we should be the only website of that particular name to come up i've guaranteed it um i was as always your host patrick co-host jared say bye jared bye uh please give us a like comment follow let us know what your some, some of your thoughts or if you've tried out any of these playtest rules let us know how they worked out for you or how they didn't <laughs> um but if you do that make us the second person you notify notify watsy first yeah uh they're they're they're, they're, the, they're the ones who whose you know sales are, are gonna be reflective of this but with all being, being said we will catch you next time peace